Hello, and welcome to the IR Weekly Podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Kelly. And on today's episode, we're welcoming Illinois Realtors 2021 Global Forum Chair Moses Hall, 2022 Chair Andy Velkme, and Illinois Realtors Industry and Global Relations Manager Jakiva Lee. Moses is the founder and CEO of Mohall Commercial and Urban Development in Chicago, where he specializes in investment property acquisitions and purchases. He is a member of the NAR Board of Directors, the 2022 NAR Commercial Committee, Realtor Magazine's 2019 30 Under 30 class, and the 2021 Chair of Illinois Realtors Commercial Economic Issues and Trends Forum, and a graduate of the Project Real Estate Associate Program. Moses is also the state legislative contact to State Rep. Marcus Evans of Chicago and chaired Illinois Realtors 2021 Global Business Council. I'm just curious, Moses, is there something you haven't done uh, Because that is a laundry list, but let's keep going here because there's other people on here too. Um, Andy, Andy Velkme is a Senior Vice President of Caton uh, Commercial Real Estate Group in Naperville and is the 2022 President of the Northern Illinois Commercial Association of Realtors. He is a Certified International Property Specialist and served on the NAR Global Alliances Advisory Board. Andy is the Illinois Realtors Consulate Liaison to Latvia, an alum of the 2017 Leadership Development Program, and the current chair of Illinois Realtors' Global Forum. Geez, Andy, I should have read yours too. My God, there's so many accomplished people here. Uh, Kelly, does Jakiva have a pretty uh, pretty crazy bio yeah. here too? I think she does. Least, or last but certainly not least, Jakiva has served as the Illinois Realtors Industry and Global Relations Manager since January of 2019, while also serving the Chicago Association of Realtors as its external affairs manager. She's been recognized with the 2020 Car President's Award, the Association Forms 40 Under 40 Award, and the Alexander Chaparro Leadership Award from the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. We have accomplished people here today. Moses, Andy, Jakiva, thank you for being here. Lordy. Welcome. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we have a lot to talk about here, and I cannot wait for everyone to hear um, all the stuff that you have to say here. So let's just dive right in. So um, earlier this year, the three of you put together the Global Forum at the Illinois Realtors Fall Business Meetings. Uh, Moses and Andy hosted a panel discussion about trends in international real estate. Um, So although much of the conversation had to do with residential trends, uh, let's talk a little bit about the commercial sector too here. So Moses, uh, can you start by telling us how you became involved in real estate and why you specifically have a passion for commercial real estate? Well, one of the reasons that I got involved into real estate was that I wanted to be the change in my community. Mm. I saw so many opportunities originally hailing from New York City. Um, I saw how, you know, my parents was able to achieve the American dream. Mm. And we started off in a rundown apartment building with mold, rats and all different types of things. And my parents were able to save up a down payment on a home. And we were able to move to the suburbs of New York and we were able to raise a family there. And so seeing how my parents were able to uh, provide stability for me and my sister, um, it really started to pique my interest because I, I believe my parents acquired their home for about 125, 130,000 mm. uh, back in 1994. I believe now it is appraised roughly around 700,000. Wow. <laughs> so uh, kind of seeing that really piqued my interest. And I, I figured that uh, 
helping underserved communities achieve these same type of things, um, I realized that you not only have to have the residential component, but you also have to have the commercial uh, component as well, because the community that we moved to, they had uh, grocery uh, stores, they had shopping centers, they had other things that most people look for when you're moving to a neighborhood and community. And so I thought, why not marry the two between residential and commercial? And so that's what really piqued my interest in, in helping uh, revitalize underserved and historically excluded communities. That is uh, that is just incredible. <laughs> it's an incredible story there. Um, but uh, Andy here, you actually hold um, citizenship in the U.S. and the European Union. Uh, so making the rest of us ordinary citizens look bad here, man. Uh, but can you uh, can you talk to me a little bit about how you develop uh, international contacts and uh, how do you incorporate cultural and regional differences uh, into your business strategies? Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, I'm a first-generation American. My parents were born in Latvia, and uh, I was born here in uh, Chicagoland, but have been part of the Latvian community, you know, since my birth, going to Latvian schools on Saturday, speak the language, as do my kids. And that just got me really kind of involved in, in you know, cultural, uh, multicultural events. I brought that into the business world, in my business world as well. Uh, previously in my market research career, when I was part of a global research solutions company and then transitioned to commercial real estate and kept really kind of the focus on the global aspect. Um, and I think the biggest way for me to really kind of build that global network outside of my you know, community of friends and family, which were very much from the Latvian side, was to, uh, to start participating in all other sorts of global events. You know, at first, um, I co-founded the Latvian Chamber of Commerce with a few other uh, friends, and then we started attending European uh, Chamber of Commerce events where a bunch of different chambers got together, realized how effective that was in meeting people. Then at NICAR, um, I chaired the Commercial Global Business Network, and there we started putting and curating events together, panels about inbound uh, global real estate, the differences between global and local, and, um, and participated in conferences, presented, and that really kind of helped accelerate it. And then on top of that was just really continuing the momentum of, uh, of going to and uh, participating in as many uh, events and association uh, uh, groups as I could. So, uh, you know, I joined Illinois Realtors Global Council uh, as the council liaison to Latvia. And while that, you know, focuses on Latvia as a title, uh, you're in the same room with the constant liaisons from a lot of different nations. And that really then brought more uh, attention on, on things going on in different countries around the world um, and got me interested to the point of going to conferences in Europe. So I started attending MIPM in uh, Cannes. Uh, Moses has attended that as well. We had a great time there. It's obviously a beautiful place. But, you know, when you go to a conference like that and you're one of 500 or so maybe brokers from America going to a conference of 25,000 people from around the world, the amount of contacts you can meet is absolutely amazing. You know, on a daily basis, I met dozens and dozens of contacts that uh, that were fantastic and actually led to, you know, the majority of my clients that I've worked with over the last three to five years came from those types of settings. It's just really going out there, meeting people, explaining what you're about and, uh, and really presenting yourself as a solution for their needs in, in the States. So, you know, from that, I worked with some companies from uh, Berlin, Germany, from France, um, from the UK. So, you know, from all over. Uh, and it's been great. It's been exciting. And it's really just 
it's about, you know, going back to the initial thing, just the participation, getting yourself out there, participating in global events, searching them out. Um, and, you know, IR has great um, global events. NAR does as well. Um, they supplement and, you know, they, they help people go to these conferences with the stipends they've uh, put together in the past, which really helps, you know, make that decision easier. And then once you start doing it, I think it just really builds momentum and you just want to continue and it just becomes a part of your everyday business. Um, and then to the second part of that question about, you know, how I incorporate, uh, was that, you know, kind of or the nuances of different cultures. And that's something you kind of learn along the way. You know, there's great resources that kind of help you understand different ways of doing business in different countries. But I guess an easy way to look at it from an experience standpoint is to compare MIPM to Expo Real, two conferences I've been to, you know, MIPM being in France is a very you know, France being a very social country where people get together and they socialize and have some wine and cheese and get to know you a little bit better and then figure out later how you're going to do business. But at least you establish that relationship on the front end. Expo Real in Munich is interestingly different. Um, it's got more of that German mentality, which is a little bit more analytic, a little bit more, let's get it done. And uh, there it's like, okay, quick introduction. What do you do? You know, let's, how can we work together? Versus like, let's chat about our friends and family for a half an hour over a glass of wine. You know, it's much more, you know, business focused right off the bat. And I found that interesting and it's hard to kind of, you know, really grasp at if you just read it in a book. But once you start meeting people in different countries around the world and working with them, you really do learn how they just have a different approach to business, to uh, relationship building. And, and you go from there. Absolutely. Well, I, I always prefer a, a wine and cheese component to my business, um, if, if given the choice there. But I believe Kelly has our next question yeah. about something that none of us have experienced over the last two years, a pandemic. So, well, we want to go back to the global forum that Jeremy mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, which kudos to you guys for putting that on. It was a great event, very informative. Um, so great job on that. But some of the panelists pointed out COVID had a huge impact on international real estate during the past year or so. Uh, did you notice more differences or similarities between those res residential and commercial trends? I know for me uh, in my business practice, I definitely had an uptick of uh, Canadian buyers mm. uh, looking in the Chicago market, which was on par with the data uh, reported in our workshop. Um, so they had a, a very uh, strong appetite for multifamily uh, commercial uh, and also industrial. Uh, so I definitely had a couple of offers uh, on properties that I was listing right in the smack dead middle of the pandemic uh, from Canadian buyers. And so, I, like I said, it was on par with the data that was presented that Canadian buyers uh, kind of uh, took a, a spot over Chinese buyers that were normally top buyers uh, within the U.S. So I can see that in my business. I don't know about you, Andy, what, what you saw globally and what investors had an appetite for. Yeah, what I saw was... Um was interesting. I guess it was kind of two or threefold. At first, you know, there clearly was a slowdown in the commercial sector. People were waiting to understand what was going on with COVID and the inception with March of 2020, uh, you know, becoming very conservative with decision making. And then it kind of uh, changed to a point of just kind of waiting to to wanting to do a little bit more, looking closer at new opportunities, whether it was uh, developments in the States. At the time, I was working with a company from Berlin and a company from London and similar experiences with both. But um, what ended up really slowing things down was the fact that they couldn't actually come to the States because oftentimes, you know, we do a lot of the preliminary work 
um, from afar. But then the final decisions were made as they actually came to visit for a week and, you know, actually saw the tangible properties. And and that really kind of changed things and, and really slowed things down. Plus, there was that triple uh, that trickle effect when uh, when offices cleared out and then retail downtown cleared out. And then, you know, the multifamily in the city, at least at first, slowed down and everybody started, not everybody, but a large group of people started looking to the suburbs, which then drove suburban house prices through the roof. And that really helped our residential uh, realtors. And, you know, they couldn't even keep up enough inventory um, to get enough uh, out there for people. And then people were expanding their landscaping, putting in pools, everything like that became really hard to do. Um, But, you know, that slowed down, obviously, the commercial activity in the city, in the urban centers. You know, that's luckily come back. And obviously, um, you know, the appetite that was out there has increased because of that period of time when people couldn't transact or couldn't come to the country. So I feel like it's going to really, you know, really kind of accelerate over the next uh, year, Um, you know, knock on wood, as long as we keep but things under control, at least to you know the best of our ability um, uh, from the pandemic standpoint. But uh, but yeah, it's been an interesting ride from that standpoint. But and the last thing I want to do add is I was talking to somebody yesterday at an event that I went to, and they mentioned they've had an incredible year in the office sector this year, which surprised me. And what they explained was some of their buyers or leases uh, were very patient, and they understood at the front end that you know it was a risky time to make long term decisions. But now um, there's some great deals to be had. So, you know, some people are signing leases with more flexibility, with better rates and more build out allowances than they ever imagined before. And uh, their patience kind of paid off because right now they're getting uh, some great deals done. And I also want to add to Andy's point in terms of uh, the residential boom, uh, because housing prices jumped very uh, quickly, it also made people, uh, because it was competitive bids, they also decided to rent longer because it was like 20 bids on one property. And so people couldn't find housing. And so they decided to renew their lease or continue to rent um, at other places, which drove up multifamily prices because, uh, like you said, the rent revenue was coming in at a higher price. So we see rent growth for new leases signed. We also see rent growth for those that are renewing their current leases. So that increased the appetite of global investors from the multifamily sector. And then to Andy's point about office, I did see a bump in suburban office appetite as well. So uh, like you said, we're kind of seeing the same things in in both of uh, our businesses. Yeah. And to to kind of add one thing that what Moses said too, from that suburban standpoint, it seems like a lot of uh, larger companies are looking to do kind of a a hub and spoke model where they keep their HQs in downtown areas, but then looking to whether do it, you know, traditionally or with flex spaces, but uh, creating some smaller satellite offices close to where people live. Now that like the nine to five, five day work weeks, a thing of the past are trying to figure out ways to still get people together to collaborate uh, and get together without having to do the commute all the time from their, you know, newly bought suburban homes back into the city. Um, Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, there's still that appetite in the city uh, for kind of the younger or, you know, job changers, the people who are really motivated to be part of the action coming back now. And uh, you've seen that those rent increases that Moses alluded to uh, happening as well in the urban areas. And and I think actually right now, the suburban and urban multifamily rents are uh, are higher than they were pre-pandemic. So it's been interesting. Absolutely. Jakiva, are you uh, noticing the same thing on the residential side? 
Yeah, um, actually on the residential side is a little bit more difficult or um, different on the commercial side to Andy's point since investors weren't able to travel to the U.S. last year, we did see a dip in sales volume. Um, and as Moses pointed out, um, typically we have um, Chinese investors that are the number one top uh, uh, foreign buyer coming into the U.S. buying billions of dollars of residential real estate, but they couldn't travel here, we couldn't travel there. And um, that took a dip. So uh, to Moses' point, uh, we did see a bump in Canadian buyers and also Mexico. They both mm. bumped China uh, this uh, in 2020. And then also um, for on the Illinois side, we did see um, a jump from about 3% of those foreign buyers coming in from Mexico, China, and uh, and India, surprisingly. Wow. Um, a lot of um, what we're speaking about today, it's interesting how real estate and the way real estate works, where commercial drives real residential and residential drives commercial. And so for Illinois, we are in a unique position where we have a world-class city in Chicago. But if you go downstate, we have a lot of farmland. We have a lot of industrial land. We have a lot of um, opportunities to build new construction. And so you see that a lot more. And that makes um, foreign buyers more attractive to our markets. We just need to get that those uh, new construction uh <laughs> developments happening a little bit more frequently. But um, as far as uh, residential sales, we did see a dip about 27% uh, sales volume below than what we usually target um, pre-pandemic. Um, we are encouraged that the borders are semi-open. It seems like <laughs> one door in, one door out, one foot in, one foot out yeah. uh, as time goes on. Um, but we are encouraged that foreign buyers are continuing to be attractive to the U.S. market because we are a stable economy. We are stable when it comes to uh, real estate on the commercial side and residential side. Um, there's a multitude of opportunities for foreigners to purchase. Um, the only thing that uh, we always try to advise um, our members to advise their clients so always be mindful about the, the tax law because you're going to get taxed on yep. uh, properties here in the U.S. as well as in your home country. So do your due diligence. Uh, make sure that you are working with the accounting professional, learning, um, also learning the cultural nuances um, for um, the areas that you would like to purchase in. And um, I, I think you'll be all right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all really interesting. Um, so during that forum, I believe there was several resources cited to help realtors navigate international transactions abroad. Uh, can you give us some of those examples? Sure. Uh, I can start. Uh, the uh, 2021 Commercial Real Estate International Business Trends mm. and the uh, 2020 State Economic Data for Engaging in International Real Estate um, are two resources that can be found um, on NAR's website from the NAR Research Group. So those are great. NAR has um, a lot of great resources um, and research reports that they produce throughout the year. I encourage you to just even go on the NAR website, just Google research, or I believe they have a drop down tab for all their research data reports. Um, the, the information on the residential real estate um, is found in the International Transactions U.S. Residential Real Estate Report. Try saying that four or five times <laughs> yeah. um, back to back. 
But you, you will find a lot of information and also informs you on who to target. Um, if you're trying to target a specific market, you'll see exactly who's interested in U.S. real estate. And then you also be able to um, understand the client's mindset a little bit better. What's attracting them to Illinois and vice versa. Yeah. And then also the State Department has something that's pretty amazing. The U.S. State Department now develops an annual investment climate statement uh, that assesses business climates for uh, for countries abroad and their economies as well. I think they do it for 170 countries now, which is very impressive. Mm-hmm. And then the IHC Global and the Center for International Private Enterprise offers the uh, International Property Market Scorecard, which is also a great way to, uh, to understand a little bit better from with a data perspective on what you might be looking at. Illinois is one of the lucky ones where we have over 80 uh, consulate offices in the state, primarily in the Chicagoland area. So if you're interested in a specific country trying to learn more about that that market, I encourage you to Google all the consulate offices. There's a full list, I believe, is on the City of Chicago or Easy Access, the City of Chicago uh, webpage, or you can just Google. Um, You will find some links that will take you directly to those consulate offices more often than not, you will find that they're very excited to hear from a real estate broker or realtor um, because they always want to bring that investment back into their country. So I encourage you to use the resources that are available on those uh, consulate websites. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just a bevy of tools here, <laughs> just all over the place for people to, to help understand this stuff. But um, specifically, though, you guys were all, um, you know, the global forum at the, the fall business meetings, um, you know, and I just want to call that out that that is available on the Illinois Realtors Vimeo page. The entire session is now on the Vimeo page if anybody wants to see it. Um, but talk to me about the global forum, guys. Like, how exactly does it help members understand international commercial real estate better? Like, like what what is the the pitch, I guess, to the global forum? Why should, why should they be paying attention to the global forum? So the global forum is a opportunity for those that are global realtors and those that are interested in going global um, to learn tools, education, um, and provide a network of individuals that are in already in that space. You learn a lot by networking with your peers. And so at the forum, we try to offer those um, opportunities uh, throughout the year. We do have a global web page that has a plethora of resources that you can reference. Um, we offer two forum educational events uh, per year. The first one, I believe, is going to be in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll also do one at the fall business meetings. Um, this past year, um, in 2021, we did offer, like Jeremy mentioned, we had a uh, forum event. We brought in some data from NAR, um, Lisa, who's the manager over there. We brought in Bill Inslee, who, who's the president of FIOPSI. And we brought in um, Sharon from the Canadian Real Estate Association. They provided excellent information for you to grow your your global business. Um, There's a tagline that we always say, global is local. (laughs) And so when you get a true understanding of um, how global impacts your business, whether you are a global agent or not, um, like I mentioned earlier, we all are interconnected in this wonderful world of real estate. So you do want to get a a better grasp to better serve your clients because you're going to miss out on business at the end of the day if you do. 
Um, I do encourage um, with Andy's leadership, we have a few exciting things that are coming up in 2022, um, some new initiatives that we're trying to target. There will be more to come. Um, I don't know, Andy, if you want to just highlight some of the things that we're trying to do next year under your leadership or you want to keep it a secret. Ooh, um, intrigue. Um, <laughs> But we are excited to provide um, more of a research resource for um, Illinois realtors. So there's a lot more that will be coming down your pathway. Oh, is Andy? Andy? Yeah, she she put you on the yes, spot, I'm man. Here. Are we going to do it? Are we going to say? Like, oh man, these are these are big secrets here. We got we got to do yeah, some journalism yeah, this, and get these out. We have a lot in store that I think everybody who. Uh, want to learn more about global or is already in the global sphere will be happy with what they see but yeah to be honest they are a little bit uh under production right now right. but um yeah you know uh you always got to keep waiting for more too right so uh, right. maybe we'll announce them on the next podcast we'll, but we'll, uh, yeah we'll, 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 come hide, back. we'll hide our journalistic <laughs> intentions here and we'll we'll leave it there <laughs> part two <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's some exciting stuff. Um, you guys have covered a lot so far in this podcast, and we don't want to take too much of your time. So to wrap it up, uh, what advice would you give realtors who want to expand their commercial real estate business to a global market? I think it's important to get involved uh, in this industry, whether it's holding leadership positions, whether it's attending conferences like MIPM, whether it's getting involved with our industry partners such as ARIA, you want to go to where you want to do business at. So if you want to do more business with Chinese investors, you need to get involved into local investment groups, whether you want to do more business in Canada, you want to get involved with groups that do business in Canada. But I strongly encourage you to make the investment to attend some of these international conferences where you can meet everybody at one spot. Like I said, MIPM has been such a benefit to my business and growing and learning about different global markets. So I strongly encourage those that are interested in getting involved in building a global business is to go to where you want to build at. And then I'll add to that too. I think one key point is not to be intimidated. You know, global is local and local is global. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, international folks who live here in Illinois and do business here in Illinois. And if you're actually working with either a foreign national or an immigrant or anybody who, you know, isn't uh, from here, you're doing global business already. So keep that in mind and then let that kind of help you grow uh, and get more uh, of a larger network as well. And then, you know, Moses did touch upon some great uh, events to attend. And also a little education always helps. And, you know, CIPS, the Certified International Property Specialist Accreditation that NER has in their uh, their um, classes around that are fantastic. You know, not only will you learn some of the nuances and the differences in how business is done, but you'll also uh, get basically an alumni group of people that you do the class together with. And then you become part of this network that you can really lean on to, uh, to find uh, the people you need to conduct business where you need them, you know, whether that is other realtors or that's, you know, bankers or foreign money exchange folks or relocation specialists, you really need to have that network built. And once you start participating, you know, that network really kind of speeds up the, uh, you know, the, uh, the process. So uh, that's what I would recommend. Now I'll give a, a shout out to the global councils at our local associations across the state. So Chicago Association of Realtors, we have a global council, pretty active, um, offering educational events. 
Main Street, um, Main Street organizational realtors have a very robust global council, um, more than welcoming to attend their events. Even if you're not a Main Street member, they have great content. And the same thing with uh, NICAR has a global business council. So um, as Moses and Andy pointed out, getting involved um, locally, these networks are available for you to participate in. Even if you're not a member of those local associations, I know at CAR, we more than welcome Main Street, NICAR, and um, Heartland, all these other local associations to attend our global events. And I'm sure the same thing is vice versa. So find a network and uh, get involved. Absolutely. Guys, mm-hmm. that is some amazing advice. Um, and I love that you just said that, you know, you don't even have to be a member uh, to kind of perspective this stuff out um, and to see if maybe it's there. So uh, I don't know. In the words of Walt Whitman, as Ted by, as told by Ted Lasso, be curious, not judgmental. Just try it on. Let's see what happens here, guys. Um, <laughs> but seriously, Jakiva, Andy, Moses, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun, so much incredible information that you gave out to our members here. So please come on back and join us anytime, whenever you want. Open invitation. Thank you guys for coming and joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you up on that awful. All right. Well, Realtors, we uh, also want to to let you know that if you want to learn more, uh, you can visit uh, the Illinois Realtors website and check out the Global Business Council page under Realtor Communities tab. And that's it for this week's IR podcast. Thank you all for listening. And as always, give us a rating review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want more content, simply search Illinois Realtors on your favorite social media app. We'll see you next week.